Hello, and welcome to Feeling Good with Gwen. I'm your host, Gwen Johnson. I'm a certified functional medicine health and life coach with a passion for deconstructing women's health, habits, and happiness. Each week, we'll explore ways to optimize our life with actionable tips and tricks to increase energy, gain more confidence and clarity, and break away from limiting beliefs in order to tap into our most powerful potential. This is an inclusive and sometimes uncomfortable conversation about life and how to show up for it. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's get after it. Hello, beautiful friend. Thank you for being here today. On today's episode, I am going to talk about one of my absolute favorite things and tools to use as a coach, and that is competing desires or conflicting desires, what they are and how they're controlling our lives without us even knowing. So competing or conflicting desires are also known as self-sabotage. This is when We want to do something, we have big intentions, we have a plan, we're going to do it, and then for some unknown reason, we don't do it. This can create a very negative dialogue and relationship with ourselves as we're trying to make change and struggling. So starting to understand the concept here can be really powerful and just giving yourself a little bit more grace and opening up to a little bit more curiosity about your experience. So what is a competing desire? This is the idea of one part of us wants growth and expansion in life. This is our biggest, most beautiful desired future, any health goals, changes in any and all areas of life. Change in general, maybe that is in relation to your health, maybe it's in relation to your relationship, whatever it is. And then there's another part of us that sits kind of quietly, but ready to shut the idea down. Most of the time, we won't even really notice the shutdown of the idea, but it's generally always there. When we have this little bit of expansion in our ideas, inevitably behind it is a quiet, stealthy but deadly voice telling us this is a bad idea. There's many different names for this part of us, but ultimately what we need to know is that while it's based in fear, it's ultimately trying to keep us us safe. So it has this belief or this idea that change is dangerous. It's something that we've usually developed over the existence of our life, and we have learned to stay safe and to stay alive by not really doing too much different, you know, sticking with the pack, staying in the cave, whatever it is. There's other parts of it too. We might be judged. We might fail brutally. We might be ridiculed or made fun of. There's that sense of belonging, that need for belonging. We can intellectualize these things and on like an intellectual level, they don't matter, but below it is ultimately a fear of rejection and isolation We're afraid of change because perhaps we will no longer belong. Perhaps we will be left out. Perhaps we will fail and be ridiculed. Perhaps we will be unwell. So much of this one is tied into that sense of, that primal sense of belonging and survival need. 
it's important to understand that this isn't a negative thing. And I think that that's where, when I work with clients, this is a beautiful little space of growth for us because so much of the time we're criticizing for not living up to or living into our full potential, for not doing the things that we want to do, for not whatever it is. Understanding that we do have these two parts of us, understanding that there is that expanse expansive part of us and that there is that restricted part and neither one is good or bad but we really don't want to let that small self or that fear control us as we live doing it's kind of a bummer right so how we manage this is well there's a lot to it but step one is simply bringing an awareness to it so noticing the friction that happens when you try and make change, when you want to implement a new habit, when you think I'm going to start doing yoga in the morning, or I'm going to say no to things I know I don't want to do. Notice the immediate self-talk that comes up or the internal dialogue that follows. If it sounds anything like you won't ever be able to do that, people will think you're a total jerk. Who do you think you are anyways? That's outrageous. That's the Some people call it ego, whatever you want to call it, small self. And that's the part of you that feels unsure, afraid, or whatever, uncertain. And that is the part of you that feels unsure or afraid or whatever, or whatever emotion you find is at the root of that experience. It's important to know that actually, and actually understand that this isn't something we judge or criticize. As mentioned, this is just part of who we are. I like to suggest speaking into that voice as if it's a small child who needs comforting during a time when you are filled with patience. You know what I'm saying? So really hold space for her to express her fears and then let her know it's okay, she's okay, and you're going to do it anyways. This doesn't mean everything will change in an instant for you. But it's how we can start to create a new reality, gain a little bit more awareness around what's holding us back. So then come up with a new story. First, you may need to examine the story or belief in the particular situation. And in this case, I like to use a version of Byron Katie's questions from her book, The Work. So Let's do an example, actually. So if you want to start saying no to things that you know you really don't want to do, and inevitably you have this little voice pop up that says, like, everyone's going to think you're a jerk, you're going to be totally rejected, you're not going to have, you know, people are going to think you're mean. The first question is, is it true? Do you know with absolute certainty that it is 100% true? that that's what people are going to think of you. And when you believe it to be true, how does it impact your life? How do you experience your life when you're believing that to be true? Now, the answer is usually something like, it's not great, I'm feeling really limited, I'm in a constant state of overwhelm, I'm doing all these things that I don't want to do, and then that's not leaving enough time for the stuff that I want to do. I'm not having enough time for self-care, loop back to my many self-care episodes. And then the next question is, if you didn't have this belief that not one part of it, 
what would your life be like? How would you experience your life without that belief even being a thing? And inevitably, this is a beautiful place of expansion. This is a place where we really start to own our joy and feel whole and beautiful and expansive and live into that potential. We can gain that awareness around, I have this belief, I have this friction around this new habit or this new idea that I want to try out, but I keep not doing it. And I can see now that there's part of me that is afraid of rejection, but there's when I examine that, I can tell, I, can, I can't really be sure that that's what's going to happen. And I also have discovered that if I am living without that belief and I'm living into having the boundaries that I crave, then I'm going to be able to show up for the people I love more. I'm going to have more energy because I get out and do my own thing for a while I'm going to feel happier and whole and more energetic and engaged in life. So with that gained information, it's then time to cultivate a new story or idea that you could test out instead. This whole thing is just about an exploration of curiosity with curiosity about yourself and how you're limiting yourself, how you're sabotaging yourself before you even get a chance to make the progress. This can happen whether you've, maybe you succeeded and maybe you wanted to start running and you succeeded for a month, but then it got hard. And then that voice came in, not really with a real awareness that started to say, this is hard. This is ridiculous. You're not a runner. You're never going to be in good enough shape. Getting curious about that belief, that story, that idea, opening up with that curiosity and bringing that awareness into that experience is a huge step in itself. And then what new belief would you like to replace this with? And this is one of my most favorite areas to coach into because so much transformation can start to happen. That gaining awareness, that gained awareness around the conversations that are happening inside of our brain space without us even knowing is really transformational. And then showing up with curiosity and no judgment to the experience, giving yourself that permission and that grace of like, oh, I see there's part of me that's really trying to keep me safe, really trying to keep me in a place of belonging and happiness and it's not actually a true feeling that I'm experiencing. It's not a desire that is really in alignment with where I want to get to can allow you to move past that with so much less friction, move past that with, you know, a new sense of freedom. And sometimes this can happen quickly, but often it takes many times. But the more awareness you bring into that experience, the less sort of self-sabotage that can potentially happen. And when we commit to doing something, anything, whether it's stretching in the morning or putting your phone down early, when you commit to doing something, anything, but then you don't follow through, there's probably part of you that's trying to keep you safe from something. Change is scary to part of our brain. And left unexamined, these things can just run amok like crazy, crazy potatoes. 
But when we start to go in with that lack of judgment and with that real sense of compassion, speaking into that fear with love and acceptance and kindness and letting it know, thank you for getting me here to this place that I am today. And now take a rest. This is another one of my favorite practices to, to use with clients is really speaking into parts of us that we've been overusing, parts of us that have been striving and pushing for this safety that are probably really tired. It's how I like to imagine it anyways. Letting them take a rest. Hey, sweet sunshine. I feel you. I hear you. I see you. Thank you for getting me here. And it's time for you to take a rest now. I have this sort of like harsher version that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it creates a certain visual that I think can be impactful, which is there's parts of us that we need to let die. There's parts of us that aren't serving us anymore. And yet they have so much control over how we live and experience our life. Now, I'm not crazy about that concept or that language because it feels too harsh to me. But sometimes I like to mention it because it can create a real division. It can allow us to create that space, that like, like create that physical distance between the version of ourselves that's limiting us and the version of ourselves that's progressing and living into that expansive life that we crave. What I like to do is to sort of mention both the the idea that there's parts of us that need to die and then I like to move into let's speak into those versions of ourselves with that real love and appreciation letting them know we're grateful and that it's time for them to rest and then I actually like to bring a physical movement into this concept so I will encourage clients to stand up if they're sitting or step away from where they were standing visualizing a disconnect or as or leaving a version of us behind imagining and taking and stepping into the version of ourselves that we want to live into the version of ourselves that is expansive and that does have the desires and the big dreams and the big goals that can imagine a beautiful life where everything is gangbusters, really taking ownership of her, letting this new version rise up, have her chance. Or I don't, I just keep saying her because I work mostly with women. But of course, this applies to anyone. Letting the version of ourselves that's holding us back or holding us stuck know that it's a time for them to rest. And letting the version of us know that wants to move forward, that it's her turn, it's her time to shine, can create a new energy for us to move forward with. Now, there is a lot of information out there on competing desires, and I am not at all an expert, but I do love to use this practice in my coaching conversations because it is incredible. It's incredibly transformative for people to. First of all, gain that awareness to the conversation inside of themselves that's happening all the time. 
and then have the language and the understanding to speak into ourselves, into that experience with love and kindness, not with judgment and hate, which I think is counterintuitive to what we often are doing. Often we're busting our chops, we're really hard on ourselves, we're criticizing ourselves, and that is not productive to change, not productive to creating the life we want. Owning it, holding space for the experiences that we've had, loving ourselves, all the parts of ourselves, moving forward. Let me know what you thought of today's episode and if you found it helpful, feel free to email me or leave a comment on my social media at Functional Health Coaching or share this with a friend who could really use some clarity around why they are struggling so hard with change. Thank you again for being here today. I'm so grateful. And if you're up for it, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcastings and share this with someone who could really use some help. Thank you so much.